but today I was thinking about, or uh, when I was thinking about um, what to discuss in this episode, I was quickly reminded of the attitude toward myself when I was 22 and my husband and I were engaged and we were about to get married because we dated for a few years and then we got engaged and got married. And we are so far removed from the uh, the family, the, the necessity of the family structure in society that is, is pathetic. When I think about the attitudes that were directed at myself and my husband, uh, when we were engaged from my family and the people that I had known, and I, it really speaks to the fact that, and women especially, really speaks to the fact that we've done a number to poison the minds and brainwash women in particular into believing that marriage is works against a better is against their um, doesn't benefit them, and so much so that women will go and try to destroy the institution of another woman uh, while she does not create one or is unable because of the type of person that she is to create a marriage for herself. So we've convinced women that marriage is oppressive, but we've also um, convinced women that promiscuity is fun and it's it's uh, what do they call it now it's self it's uh, empowerment. It was liberating before. Where's the problem? That doesn't work in a society where you're, when that doesn't work when you you're when all is said and done because. By nature, women, we are relationship builders. And what you don't, what doesn't work for a person who, or for people who tend to build relationships is promiscuity and isolation and loneliness. I'm going to get to that in this episode as I discuss the the modern attitude toward marriage directed at women, my experiences, and what I think that married women in 2022 need to do to navigate not only this uh, anti-marriage culture, but to stay strong in, uh, in, in their marriages and who they need to learn to rely on instead of looking for society outside the front door to validate them. So I'm gonna roll music and we can get going. A few years ago when I was 24 years old and married, I was browsing social media when I came across what was considered a quote-unquote self-help relationship guru. And this is a woman who, uh, to 
the better against the better judgment of those who don't know any better get instructs women on how to get keep and maintain relationships here's the problem her instructions for relationships involve uh, promiscuity in the sense that she believes a woman should date multiple men at one time and she should date them eat all for their money and make the highest bidder earn her. So modern female gurus are basically telling women to not examine a man for his character, his charisma, his uh, integrity, his principles, his goals in life, his intentions and his morals and ethics, but examine him for how much money he has in his pocket. And if you find one with more money than him, then go for that one. That is modern day dating. I listened in awe because I couldn't believe how stupid this woman was because she was encouraging women to make themselves objects and, and products to be bought rather than a woman to be uh, a woman to get to know and taken seriously as somebody to build a meaningful relationship that progresses to marriage. And see, I've noticed one thing with these modern day relationship gurus is that they pretend to know what to do with, in a relationship in a marriage, but they really don't. You examine the lives of these people. They're very lonely. They um, are in and out of relationships and marriages themselves. And Everything that they do is contradictory to what they're telling you to do. So young women are listening to so-called relationship experts tell them to become the promiscuous woman that their mothers are, at least most of their mothers or some of their mothers have raised them not to be. Because nowadays we're made to believe that promiscuity is empowerment and if a girl decides that she's uh, going to sleep around, well, she should be the hero, not the girl with the self-control and the self-respect and, and the discipline to say, you know what, I'm not going to put myself in a position for a number of different consequences that I don't want to have to deal with, including unwanted pregnancy, STDs, um, and being used for my body and thrown away. We've literally... And as I've grown and watched this phenomenon spread across social media, I realized that in society, what has happened is that men and women alike, so-called dating and relationship experts, have taken dating, which is supposed to be a prerequisite to marriage, and turned it away from courtship to a escort. John, trying. Women are the women are the women are setting themselves out there to be bought by the highest bidder, and the men are told to go get their money, get the most money that they have they can earn, and then chase after a woman who is willing to sell herself to you. And we wonder why uh, there are so many unhappy people in relationships and marriages nowadays. So the female relationship gurus came about a few years before what is called or what is called the feminine energy movement and the feminine energy movement is supposed to be a uh i guess a societal movement that encourages women to heal the trauma and better themselves you know self-improvement except that movement has been hijacked by relationship gurus and teaching women to be their most feminine and their the the best versions of themselves or to pretend to be 
with the goal of earning, of uh, manipulating rather, a wealthy man and snatching everything out of his pockets for herself. And then, you know, I don't know, discard when you're done. I've heard single person after single person say the same thing that modern day dating is garbage. And this is why it is no longer a institution that people, that younger people enter into in order to uh, get to know someone and see if that person would make a good uh, husband or a good wife. Instead, it's, it's a, it's a trend. It's all transactional. And you have these so-called relationship gurus trying to make younger people believe that this is normal. And that's the scariest part uh, because it's not, you know, it, it's, it really isn't. I actually heard someone say something the other day that made a lot of sense. And I guess he's a, a pastor. He's one of the, like the most famous pastors. But on the, top, the, the topic, he said that modern day dating is not courtship anymore. What it is, is practicing divorce. It's teaching and training men and women to meet someone, like them for a little bit, and then split from that person and move on and continue to do this. And he said that the effects of this is when those people get into marriages, then they don't know how to be stable and work to keep and maintain a marriage because they've been practicing divorce for so long and we wonder why the divorce rate is so high and i have to agree he was absolutely right modern day dating is set up in a manner that ultimately leads to failure for both men and women um and we wonder why uh people are as unhappy as they are so let's move on and say that the people actually get to the stages of engagement and date and marriage and whatnot. First off, the engagement is soured in materialism because women are expecting the biggest, most expensive ring um, in order for a man to signify that he loves him. I mean, the, the commitment to spending the rest of your life with me, that's not enough. Give me a big fancy ring that you spend money they probably don't have on just so I can rub it in my friend's face and make them envious. There's pride in that. And we all know pride comes before destruction. So after society, after a man spends money, unnecessary money, may I add, on a ring that really isn't worth what it's priced at, then here comes the wedding. Now the wedding is just the ceremony that where two people signify their commitment to one another and they move on with their lives together and they spend the rest of their lives, or they're supposed to spend the rest of their lives with that person in that, you know, in that commitment. Uh, but wedding ceremonies themselves are more, are always have been and always will be about showing off. Now, this is something I didn't know at the time, but uh, I learned about later on is that first off, the engagement ring and this whole idea that a man should spend 10% of his income on a ring is nothing but sheer manipulation from the jewelry industry. 
the jewelry industry piggybacked on the idea that the diamond was this rare and uh, precious stone when it really wasn't. That was an idea that was, or that was a lie rather, that was put out into the world by two men and they were the owners of the British mining company, De Beers Mining Consolidated. So what they did was they went into Africa where they had diamond mines and they fished out these diamonds and they decided they were gonna sell them to the people in the West. But they wanted to put up a perception that these diamonds were rare. So what do they do? They bought the diamond mines in Africa and they went into India and did the same thing. These stones weren't rare. They were not uh, something hard to find. They were sitting there. The people were literally sitting on mounds of them. Um, so to the West and the Westerner, they promoted the diamond as a rare and precious stone that uh, should cost an, a stupid amount of money. Now, what did the jewelry industry do? The jewelry industry piggybacked on this idea and said, well, okay, well, we'll just manipulate men into believing that in order to signify your love for a woman. Now, the commitment thing, that's not it. You must spend 10% of your annual income on a ring and that shows that you really love her. Not committing yourself to her, not staying faithful to her, not honoring her as your marital vows will uh, require you to do. No, not being the the husband that God defines in the Bible. Nope, it's the, the price of the ring that you pay, uh, that you pay for. And women have bought into this against their own better judgment. And it shows in this society today. So that is the truth about the wedding rings. Now, the wedding ceremony in itself, the big, lavish, packed house uh, wedding ceremonies, those used to be something that only the top tier people would have. Ordinary people would get married in smaller uh, ceremonies, and if they had ceremonies at all, because most marriages between a man and a wife, oh, his wife included him, her, and maybe a witness or two for him, one for him, one for her. That was it. They just they had they prioritized their their marriage above showing off, which is what the ceremonies were. The lavish ceremonies were for wealthy elite women to show off and flex their power and their money and the the fact that they came from money and they married into money. Think like Queen Victoria, who is the reason why we all wear the white dress that has nothing to do with purity and virginity and all that other stuff. White at that time, especially white silk was a very rare um, and expensive fabric. And so since she had it, she wore it. That was her flexing her muscles. That's all that, that's all that stuff is. So we've been uh, force fed our whole lives, luxuries and um, materialism. And then we get in these marriages when we do get in them. And too many women find themselves unhappy with what their husbands do provide, no matter how much he provides for. Uh, and, and it creates a problem. Now, the attitude becomes he needs to provide more when what he's doing is just fine. What she needs to do is climb out of her delusion. And I would tell ladies that climb out of your delusion. OK, stop the keeping up the Jones uh, nonsense, because the only thing you're doing is making misery in your own house. You're trying to show off to the world around you that you have more than the next woman. But then you're making the man that is providing for you and is doing so uh, to the best of his abilities and doing damn good doing it then 
you're making him miserable. You're overworking him. He's not your husband anymore. And when you do that, he becomes your personal slave. He becomes your servant. And no one in this day and age is going to stay around and continue to be used and continue to be manipulated and continue to be a extension of a, a tool for you to use to flex your ego. So that's one of the problems that we have facing us as women who are married. Not to mention that we still have a society around us that are trying to tell us that we're oppressed in a marriage that we chose to enter into because the standards for marriage, regardless of what society says, are still that the man provides and the woman stays home and takes care of the children and cooks and cleans. That, for some reason, is supposed to be akin to the oppression of slavery. And I laughed hard when I thought of when I first heard that because I started to think, like, do these women hear themselves? Like, do they really understand that slaves had no right? That woman today is in her marriage by choice. A slave was not in slavery because of choice. They were forced into this. So I started to compare the two. I said, well, wait a minute. Let me think about this a minute. A slave could never decide that they were unhappy in being a slave and then go to a court and file some paperwork and decide that they wanted to get out of slavery. It's not how it works. Um, slave women who were the victim of slave rape were not able to leave their masters, take their children and half of his property, and then uh, have the courts give her child support for those kids. And they surely weren't able to get alimony for them either. So that alone right there made me think like these, these women are stupid who are saying this. So uh, we have people trying to tell us that slavery or that marriage and slavery are the same thing when we know that they're not. We have a society around us trying to tell us that what we do as mothers is irrelevant, even though it's one of the hardest jobs on planet earth is raising the next generation to be the people that you feel safe out in society with those that won't mug you, won't rape you, won't beat you, won't kill you, won't harm you, won't steal what you work for. That's a 24 hour, 365 day a year, no sleep, no break, no sick days off job. And yet we're being told that what we do as mothers is insignificant. So then the flip side of that is we're encouraged to pursue careerism. And I have nothing against women who want careers and uh, they find fulfillment in that. Honestly, we've created a world nowadays where too many families cannot survive on one income alone. And it's a shame. Actually, uh, Elizabeth Warren wrote about this in her 2014 book, The Two Income Trap, where she talks about how the middle class continues to suffer even though both moms and dads have typically have jobs or careers or whatever, they're still drowning in debt from things like childcare and uh, which is getting more expensive by the day. I can't even imagine what childcare is today. I'm glad my kids don't go to daycare. You know, the, the longer I sit and I watch the world turn on its head, the more I'm grateful for my situation because I can protect my children better if I'm here with them, then if I'm at work and they're in daycare or they're somewhere else being influenced by other people their own age. So um, in Elizabeth Warren's book, she 
lays out the scenario of the middle class family being duped into um, thinking that the two income system was going to bring them more prosperity. Well, you would think, well, it does because you have more money coming in the house, but you also have to think about a couple of things. You have to think about higher taxes. You have to think about a person in that house that would never, that was not taxed before now being taxed. You have to think about inflation. You have to think about the rise of everything because when women, more and more women started to enter into the workforce, well, the prices of things started to go up. Um, then you have to think about other expenses include outside. You have childcare, you have mortgage, you have rent, you have food, gas, um, household bills, car payments, uh, car insurance. And then of course you have the safety net for things like uh, injuries and uh, job loss and things like that. And taking all that into consideration, the middle class suffers. And to paraphrase from her book, she says something along the lines of middle class women are suffering from, you know, from the uh, burns on a double edged sword. On the one hand, they cannot afford to, they have to work to provide for their families, but they're still met with the expectation and duty of motherhood when they return home from work. So you put them in a position where these women cannot afford to quit working, but they also cannot afford to work and the, the families are suffering. So we've been beaten over the head with careerism and uh, be independent and blah, blah, blah. And look where it's gotten us. We have uh more people working and keeping less for themselves. And that's sad. And then our children are suffering because they're going unsupervised or they're being supervised in childcare centers by the wrong people. I used to work in childcare and I'm telling you, if you can keep your children at home, it's better. I would say to married couples who don't have any kids, it's better for you to, to not have children until you can afford for your, for the wife and mother to stay home and raise them than it would be to have them, and send them off to daycare. I used to work in that environment. I quit. I couldn't take it. Uh, the people that you're sending your children to don't really care about or like kids the way that they're expected to. Their attitude is literally, I'm just here for a paycheck. And anytime you put someone in a job where their attitude is, I'm just here for a paycheck, you're going to get the bare minimum effort out of that person. And when you're dealing with children, the kids are going to suffer. Moving on. So outside of the uh, keep up with the Joneses and be Miss Career Independent Woman, we have the a growing attitude, too, where women are actually being encouraged to disrespect their husbands, who is probably the only person that has their back. We are learning in society that men are like children, that men are stupid, they're incompetent, they can't be trusted or depended on. If we're not being force fed, this idea that they have male privilege and they're the biggest threat to us. So they, you know, all men are just waiting at some point to harm a woman. That It's that. And it's ridiculous. But still, we're being sold this and women are eating it up left and right. And I don't understand why it is utter nonsense. So when women aren't being taught to destroy their marriages from within, of course, there's the external forces of other women and society trying to destroy a marriage from outside. And part of that is comes in the society whispering in the voices that I just described earlier. But a lot of that comes in the form of jealous 
uh, family members and envious women who literally seek to use you against your own relationships. And I have a story for this because I always do. <laughs> when I was engaged in 2011, actually I have several mini stories. When I was engaged in 2011, uh, my husband, I don't know, yeah, my husband and I attended my uncle's funeral. My uncle died. And it was there that my own family, not, which is not surprising to me because I know how they are, uh, turned and started to target my engagement, hoping to keep me and my husband from getting married. Why? Well, because I have a younger cousin who is deeply insecure and jealous and decided that, you know, she, she carries the attitude that she cannot stand the thought of someone having anything that she doesn't. And even if she does have it, she doesn't want other people to have happiness and love and all that other stuff. So we get to the funeral and we're sitting through the service. I hear my cousin who was originally sitting behind me bawling because my uncle is dead and I'm so, okay, she's grieving. So I reach back with my left hand and I happen to rub her leg just to try to calm her down. Um, this was the same hand, of course, that my engagement ring was on and she got up and stormed out of the funeral and to return later and sit elsewhere. Now she came up to me after and said, oh, well, you know, excuse the that, uh, me walking out, you know, it's, it's the circumstances of the funeral. Now I knew by the way she was talking, she was lying. So after we had went to the graveyard and of course finalized the ceremony and watched my uncle lowered into the ground, I noticed that the same cousin was talking from one person to the next and pointing in our direction. And I, I kind of, I saw this behavior and knew that it was odd. So we get back to the church after the reception and actually it was a community center after the church for the reception and we're eating. And I have my aunt, my uncle's widow, ask me who the man, the handsome young man that I brought with me was. And I said, of course, you know, this is my fiance. My cousin, upon hearing that, folded her arms up like a toddler and twisted her face in envy. And did, from then on, the attack on my marriage has come from her and her mother. Don't you know that when this child understood? went behind my back before my husband and I got married and she tried to convince, let's see, my brother and his girlfriend at the time that I shouldn't get married to my husband because of whatever reason. And my brother knew better and he told her about herself and he stopped dealing with her. And then she went and found a former friend of ours and tried to dig up a ex-girlfriend that she could learn some something that she could run to me with uh, to try to stop us from getting married. And this went on and on and on. And we got married anyway. Um, so that was one of my personal experiences with family coming against my marriage. Now, the second one was before my husband and I even started, before we had gotten engaged, after we had started dating, I posted a picture on social media of us and a cousin on my mother's side was at my grandmother's scroll on my social media page and showing, uh, just showing my family there what was on it. My grandmother saw my husband, who was very ambiguous looking, didn't know what he was ethnically, and decided that she was going to call my mother and ask her if I was dating a white man and they were going to raise 
crap about that. So when that didn't, when that uh, didn't work out the way that they wanted it to, then there was an extended invitation to come to a family reunion. And as my grandmother put it, oh, y'all need to come to a family reunion and make sure you're not, they're not kin and they don't end up getting together and getting married. Here's the problem with that. This is not the first time my grandmother has invited someone to a family reunion who was engaged or who was in a relationship working toward marriage to try to cause that girl and her lover to split up because she did the same thing with my mother. And my mother told her upon uh, hearing all this that that wasn't happening because she knew uh, what my grandmother was doing and that we weren't going to not get married just because family was uh, unhappy about it. Again, we got married and that cousin who was involved in that with my grandmother is still single to this day. Then there was the assaults on my marriage from a girl that I had stopped talking to before I had even went to college. Um, and she was a bit crazy because she had cyber stalked me for eight years. She cyberstalked me through my freshman, junior, sophomore, such and such in college. She stalked me through uh, dating, engagement, marriage. She stalked me through the birth of like the first four of my kids. And it was ridiculous. So around the time my husband and I get engaged and I put the picture of me wearing the, red, the engagement ring on social media as my default, I started to get a number of different friend requests from random people, guys in particular. And the most low caliber men that you would ever find, trap dudes, thug dudes, blah, blah, blah. So I delete one after another one. So then I get a friend request from, an old, from a guy that I haven't seen or talked to since I was like 17. And he himself had made a lot of bad choices. And it, the consequence was he was a 23-year-old father of 12. Immediately, I knew what this was because and who had set him up to do this because I had gotten uh, her sister. She, this girl had sent her sisters and made fake pages and all this other stuff to just annoy the mess out of me. And it, it's really all very childish. I just deleted him. So my husband and I get married anyway, and we survived that. Point is, I'm trying to make is that we've gotten so anti-marriage and anti-family that the thought of another person trying to form a family is no longer welcomed. It's no longer embraced and no longer um, cheered and championed, especially not in our community. In the black community, we'll champion you for being a baby mama. But if you go and decide you want to be a black wife, oh, no, mm -mm, we don't do that. That's that's uh, that's seen as weak. And that I think that's the worst part about it is this BS expectation of black female strength has led us to believe that loneliness and bitterness and be, being a struggling single mother is a badge of honor and a sign of strength, but being a happy, cared for, loved, honored, cherished wife is somehow a weakness. And I say, if that is a weakness, I'll take the weakness every day because ever since I've been married, my life has been extreme, has been, you know, my, um, is the word I'm looking for has been much better than I can imagine it would have been if I had just been a single woman, especially if I would have been a single mother. Um, we don't embrace the, we don't embrace marriage in our community because we see it as a sign. Of, we've been 
made to believe that it's a sign of oppression by the very same white feminists who themselves are hiding out in marriages. And if they're not, they're not living our realities of high rates of poverty that uh, black women are often subjected to. We keep buying these lies from women that don't have to suffer the consequences of us uh, embracing this setting ourselves outside of our community and distancing ourselves from our men, especially in the areas of relationship and marriages, making us and our children too an island by ourselves and exposing us for the vulnerable, weak people that we are. I don't get it. Um, but I'm gonna wrap this up real quick. Um, the modern attitude toward marriage is one of attack from inside and outside. And so I did say that I wanted to tell us what we need to do to counter that. So to counter this, first off, what we need to do is shut off the television, cut out the, the outside voices. We need to turn inward. And I say this like, I, I guess I could compare this kind of to what the Irish, the Italian, the Asians did when they came here and they were discriminated against in society where they weren't welcomed everywhere. So instead of uh, relying on society to build them up, they turned inward and they built themselves up and they established themselves economically and then politically. Well, that's what husbands and wives need to do in modern times because we are under attack and it's not going to get better until we make it better by sticking together. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you for joining me on Consensus Pod, where we discuss faith, family, and navigating modern society as a member of the nuclear family structure. Be, so, be sure to tune in Friday as we jump off our Family Fridays at 9. Very interesting topics and some serious discussions on what we need to do uh, as, to get and keep our families in line. Thank you for joining me. Have a good night.